This is Power Players with Dan Clark. This is a podcast interview with life, relationship, and business coach Sean Whalen. Welcome to Power Players with Dan Clark, former athlete, Hall of Fame speaker, New York Times bestselling author, and high-performance coach, where each week I bring you an inspiring message from an extraordinary human being who will share their secrets on how you can tap into your personal power to become everything you were born to be. Thanks for spending some time with me today. In this episode, which you'll definitely want to listen to from hello to goodbye, my friend, my colleague, my hero, Sean Whalen, whose social media posts have over 100 million views, and his clothing line, Lions Not Sheep, generates millions of dollars in monthly revenue, and whose coaching program, The Lion's Den, has thousands of subscribers. He shares his core four program, giving us an inside glimpse on how to live in every single moment to become the very best physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, financial, and family-focused versions of ourselves. Start at the very beginning. Who are you? What do you believe? And why do you believe it? I, uh, I, my prayer is that uh, when people meet me, they ask questions. They want to ask questions. It opens up a dialogue and a line that they hadn't thought of before, that they hadn't explored before. I spent most of my life lying. I spent most of my life hiding. I gave the the rudimentary answers that were politically correct, that were socially correct, that were religiously correct, that were morally correct, based off of what I was told correct was. And it was never me. It was never what burned inside of me. And so my entire life, from being a child to you know an adult, I did what I was told to do. I followed what was normal, quote unquote normal. This is what success looked like, I followed that model. This is what happiness looked like, I followed that model. This is what a father and a marriage and a religious community looks like, this is the model that I followed. And I found myself at at 30 years old, you know, a self-made multimillionaire with three kids, a house, a car, a wife, a business, the entire thing, saying, what am I doing? I didn't know who I was. I had never planted my own flag. I had never explored who I was. I never asked any questions. I was raised in an environment when you asked a question, dad said, well, because I'm the adult and you're the kid and this is just the way that it is. And so I never questioned anything. And thereby I never found anything. I never established anything. I never figured out who the hell Sean Whalen was. And it took me burning my entire world to the ground to then start asking questions. And I realized one of the most powerful things a human being can do is ask a question. Yet one of the most vulnerable things a human being can do is ask a question. Because that entices people to believe that you don't, you don't know or me not knowing is a sign of weakness. And I have found through my own personal discovery one of the most powerful things that a human being will ever do is ask a question. And so I, it's my prayer and hope that when people meet me whether you like me, you don't like me, you believe the politics or don't believe the politics, whether you like the, the beard or the tattoos or the cigars or the ta- whatever it is, you know, is irrelevant. I just want you to ask more questions. I want you to look deeper. My, my goal for people is to explore on their own, to truly figure out who the hell they are and establish it for themselves, not because of what mom and dad said, not because of what the church said, not because of what's socially acceptable, but why do you believe what you believe? Why are you the way that you are? Why do you speak the way that you speak? Why do you, what burns inside of you? Not what you were told to have burn inside of you, but what burns inside of you? That's my, that's my prayer. Okay, so you beg the question, bro. What if, 
Do you, do you agree that the reason why, or one of the reasons why we don't ask questions is because we're afraid of the answer we're gonna get so we continually run and hide? No, I believe that uh, as I have traveled, as I have coached, as I have worked with literally thousands and thousands of people, um, I truly believe that people are terrified of being judged. I ask people all the time, you know, how many of you have failed, right? We, we, we think we're afraid of failure. No one's afraid of failing. Every single person listening to this has failed. Like me, double, I'll raise both my hands. I've failed many, 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 many times financially, emotionally, spiritually, in relationships, right? We're not afraid of failing. What we're terrified of is being judged. And that's why people play small. That's why people don't ask questions. Because if you ask a question, you might be laughed at. You might be ridiculed. You might be mocked. You might be made fun of. And what people are deathly afraid of is being mocked by their peers, being laughed at by their family, being ridiculed by a church or talked down to by some you know, social group of people. And so what do we do? We stay in these little teeny boxes. Now, Debbie Ford, one of my favorite books is, is The Dark Side of the Light Chasers. She talks about how when we're born, we're born into these infinite mansions. Have you ever seen a baby? I mean, a small baby, it sticks forks and outlets, it pulls things down, it literally like endangers itself every single day because it's just full of curiosity and wonder. These small little children, they haven't been programmed what's right or wrong. They haven't been programmed what's good or bad. A child doesn't pick its own name. You didn't pick your own name. You were told what your name was. You didn't pick your morality. You were told from a little child what was good, what was bad, what was right, what was wrong. This will get you to heaven. This will send you to hell. This will make you happy. This will make you sad. And I have found as I've traveled that, that people have never stopped to actually ask, why am I doing this? Why do I do what I do? Why, why do I believe what I believe? And I think truthfully at the end of the day, it's the fear of the judgment. It's the fear of these things. And so for me, the entire journey of life is asking more questions. It's the wonder, it's the curiosity of things that, that truly is not only what keeps me alive, but it's what keeps me growing. Absolutely. Okay, so let's, let's itemize life into nine segments to garner the, the Sean Whalen spontaneity and deep wisdom out of curiosity. I've read one book a week for 16 and a half years and I still don't have your wisdom. Damn you. What does that mean? That what, what does that mean though? That means that you you're are, not me and I'm not you. You're never no, going no, to be no, Sean Whalen. I know. No, no, no. I'm taking it deeper than that, bro. <laughs> it's the ultimate compliment that you're in tune. You really are in tune. So nine aspects of life. And most people, when they, when they present a balance wheel, I want to talk about your four steps, your four keys, your, mm -hmm. your whole philosophy of life that dissects what it takes to be a real man, a real woman. As one of my songs says, any male can be a, a father, but it takes a special man to be a dad. We can go in all those directions. But most people have a balance wheel that dissects life into only six categories, physical, mental, spiritual, social, financial, and family. And as I read your words and as I listen to your lives and I follow you, you are at, at, you're, you're, you're firing at more on more than just all cylinders. There's a spiritual connotation to you. So I've dissected my life in a balance wheel in my expectation in my world into nine categories and they're not labeled nouns which evoke no emotion. They, have, they, they are labeled action verbs. So instead of a physical goal, I want to dissect all nine and ask for your, your counsel. You're going to coach me on behalf of the millions of people who will tune in and, and change their lives because of this. So 
Area number one, it's not a physical goal. I'm gonna lose 20 pounds, and then they gain 30 back, mm -hmm. celebrating that they lost 20. I've changed it to physical fitness. So give us a snapshot view of, if you've ever been out of shape, how did you break your back? Why did you, why, the question, why did you go into the gym relentlessly chronicling and documenting mm -hmm. your physical change, not as a physical goal, but with the goal, physical fitness. In other words, we sure. don't begin with the end in mind, right. which forces us to focus on a destination that's impressive, do our best to, to manage people and reward results. You've taught the world, begin with the why in mind, which allows us to enjoy the journey and and manage expectations and reward effort, which means there's no destination. So take us back on the physical journey, physical fitness of what triggered inside of you that it was time for you to to fight through the pain yeah. and, and do what you needed to do to go to the gym, to put yourself in a position to be a physical specimen. I'd rather see a sermon preached than here one any day. Yeah. Take us back, brother. December 5th. Um, 2018, I had major spine surgery. Um, I had played football. I had five MMA fights. Um, I've done two Ironman races, and I had never been in aesthetically strong shape, meaning I'd never had a six-pack. I'd never had the chiseled chest, the, the biceps and the arms. I'd always been in shape, if you will. I'd always been able to perform, but I'd never been in the aesthetic shape. And I, in December 5th, I had major spine surgery. I had two compressed discs. I literally, for almost a year, it, it, it was emotionally and physically one of the most painful things that I had ever been through. And the day after my birthday, my birthday is December 4th, December 5th, I had major spine surgery. And I came out of that in a really dark place in my life. Um, I was going through a, a, a relationship change. I, I was in this place where I was dark. I was alone. And uh, one of my good friends, Andy Frisella, he started a program called 75 Hard. And it was this, you know, challenge that he had come up with, and 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 it was the emotional and the physical and the entire thing, and and I took on the challenge, and it sucked. And the truth is, is it sucks. The truth is, getting in shape is difficult as hell. It's hard. It's meant to be hard. It's supposed to be hard. Conversations with your lover are not supposed to be airy fairy skittles and kittens. They're supposed to be difficult. Growing a multi-million dollar business is supposed to be difficult. You know, we hear all the time, it's the journey and blah, 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 blah. But the truth is, I had never pushed myself. I had all of the excuses. Both of my parents were, were overweight and neither of them was in shape. Um, you know, my entire life, the programming that we're talking about, the social conditioning from when I was a child is like, in order to be this specimen of a human being, you have to spend six hours a day in the gym and you only have to eat chicken and rice and you you know all of these other things and that was what I had been programmed to believe since I was a child and I had never gone on a journey to actually push myself aesthetically physically could I do this and in that darkness I, I found I, I basically said screw it let's go let's try this let's test this and I had everything in my mind keeping me from building a monster and, and I had every single reason. I had the spine surgery, I had the parents, I had the genetics, I had all of these things that had literally been programmed in my brain for 40 years. And, and over those 75 days, I did the most difficult work that I had ever done. The beauty of the fitness, the real beauty of fitness, and when it's one of the pillars of my life, the power portion of my core four, 
is because it's me and me alone. No one controls that. There's no relationship, there's no mom, there's no dad, there's no wife, there's no children. No one forces me to put anything in my mouth. I put the food there. I put what's, what's consumed inside of my mouth. I choose when I sweat, how hard I go, whether I'm quitting at eight reps or 12 reps. And so it was such a mental challenge for me. And I knew that it had to happen because I was in such a low state and there was no one that could screw with me. There was no one that could throw me off track. It was me versus me alone. And you know, I, I remember very, very, very vividly you know, part of the process of this of 75 hard is you had to do two workouts a day. You had to do an indoor workout and then you had to do a 45 minute outdoor workout. Wow. And as a single father who has kids, who has an ex, who has businesses and employees and all of the same things that everybody listening right now is saying, well, I get up and I've got kids and I have bills and I have responsibilities and all that other crap. I have the same thing. I remember vividly those nights when it was 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night and I was exhausted and I hadn't done my outdoor workout. And this was part of the program. Either agreed to do it all or you didn't. And and I would sit on my couch, have my shoes laced up to go outside to do my 45-minute walk, and everything in my mind was telling me, you know, you need rest. Your body needs rest. I'd heard this from everybody my entire life. You need rest. You know, Dan, take take it easy. You got it, you know, you need some you need a break. And I had all of those things in my brain telling me the same thing that it had been telling me for 40 years. You know, you're going hard, your body's sore. Take it easy. You don't need to do this. You know what? Just go to bed now, you do go twice as hard tomorrow. I'll, I'll double it up tomorrow. And I found in those moments, it was, what will I do? Where will I go? Who am I more committed to? What am I more committed to? Am I committed to myself to exploring something that I'd never explored before? Am I willing to go into the deep end of the pool? And many of those nights I was literally doing my walk half asleep because I was so bloody exhausted. And some people will chime in on this and say, well, that's not healthy, that's not this. I'm 43 years old and I'm in the best damn shape of my life. Yep. I'm 43 years old and I look better than most 20 year olds. Yep. And, and I'm not just talking about my capacity to lift heavy weights, but my aesthetics, how I look, how I feel, my energy. And there isn't a single person listening to this that doesn't want to be able to take their shirt off at the beach and say, damn, I look good. Not one. And so that personal journey for me literally catapulted my life. I, I exited a relationship that I knew I didn't, I didn't want to be in anymore that was a long-term relationship that was extremely difficult and painful. I made radical changes to my business. I made radical changes to my, my personal life. And in those 75 days, I rewrote the story. And that's my main message with people today is literally knowing that you can rewrite anything. You, you, it's literally possible for any person listening to this right now to build a six pack, period. Yep. There are no excuses. <clears throat> you can literally rewrite every story. You have bumps, you have bruises, you have this, you have college injuries, you got knee injuries, back injuries, the entire thing. The physical aspect of, of, of your pillars and my pillars are so damn important because it's the one thing and the one thing alone that you have complete control over. I love it. So <clears throat> as a country songwriter, I'm, you've inspired a new song. There's a six pack in there somewhere. There is, 100%. I, I, don't, I, don't, care, I don't care what you've done. <clears throat> I don't care how bad you I literally, if you go on my Instagram and you'll see, I was shredded. I was 7% body fat. I'm telling you. I got shredded out of my mind. And that's literally immediately after spine surgery. That's seven months. My doctor told me, you won't be touching a weight for six months post spine surgery. Those pictures of me on social media, when I am in the best shape I've ever been in aesthetically, yep. when I have a six pack, were seven months post spine surgery. Holy cow. And you've never made a lion look better. Yeah, I, I, He's got a lion's head tattooed on his chest. and. There are lions at Hogle Zoo going, holy shit, this is going well. Okay, second of the nine categories, okay. you've, already, you've already alluded to it, continuous education. Yeah. 
talk to us about your coaching program and why you epitomize no matter what your past has been, you have a spotless future. You can't always control what happens, but you can always control what happens next. What are you doing to invest in yourself? Take us to the lion's den. The one thing I want to say before I dive into that is, is I want to post this to, for people to contemplate that you know, if you look at education, if you look at experience, it's perfect knowledge, right? We try and avoid touching the hot stove because we know. But a child, somebody without education, doesn't know that the stove is hot. But you only have to touch the stove one time to know that it's hot. And so I strongly encourage my clients and people to understand that every single thing that has brought you to this point is perfect knowledge. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter how much you lost. It doesn't matter how much you lied. It doesn't matter how much you cheated. You have a perfect knowledge right here, right now of everything. Everything you've experienced. You and I don't know what's going to happen later today, let alone tomorrow, next week, or next month. We think we do. We think we do. We let the ego tell us, well, here's what's going to happen. But the reality is we have no idea. We might be dead by dinner. But first and foremost, people understanding, one of my favorite quotes is by uh, Thomas S. Monson, who was the Mormon, Mormon president. He said, you are who you are today because of the choices and decisions that you made yesterday. And I firmly believe that. Now, most people, me, for many, 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 many years, I was like... I'm a piece of crap because I made these bad decisions and I did these things and, all, and, and I shifted that. I rewrote the story and realized I have the marriage that I have today because I had a really terrible marriage, my first marriage. I am the father that I am today because I was not the father that I should have been yesterday. I am the specimen of human in physical form because I was not that for 37, 38, 39 years of my life. And so before anybody goes on that journey of the education of learning it's realizing that you are who you are today right now a perfect creature you have perfect knowledge of every single thing that's come before you and so long as you've learned something there is no such thing as failure failure doesn't exist you don't lose it's not possible to lose so long as you learn did you learn that the stove was hot absolutely it wasn't wrong touching the stove because now you have a perfect knowledge that the stove is hot have you lied have you cheated awesome do you now know what you didn't know before? Yes. And so for me, it's understanding that there, we haven't found the edges of the universe yet, man. We haven't found the bottom of the ocean. What the hell do we really know? What do you and I really truly know? We know what we think we know. We know what 43 years and how many years has brought us to, but the reality is like the more questions that I ask, the more I realize there are so many more questions to ask. And that's not wrong, that's not bad, that's not weakness, that's strength. That's pure, pure, pure strength because knowledge is what? It's perfection. And, it. and what's really, really, really beautiful is, is knowing, and again, I'm trying to take a two-hour answer and fit it into five minutes, knowing that tomorrow, God, will, God willing I'm alive tomorrow, there will be another chapter to write. There will be more inspiration. There will be more revelation. There will be something new. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but it's going to teach me something. And I have committed myself as someone who lived most of his life not asking any questions. I'm 43 years old and I ask why more than an eight-year-old. I want to know why. Sometimes like, I'm just obsessed with why. Why is it that way? Why does it need to be that way? What does that mean? And for me, I have found more joy and more happiness in constantly searching, constantly looking. It doesn't mean that you're lost. It's constantly education. It's constantly putting things into your brain. People say, what book should I read? Read all of them. Read every damn book under the sun. Read all of them. 
What are the best books? I don't know. I love every book that I read. Read everything that you can. Talk to every person that you can. You're in a religious situation. Talk to everybody else in every other religion. You're not in a religious situation. Talk to everybody. You're an entrepreneur. Talk to the, all the other entrepreneurs. We, we have, it's so simple, but yet it's so complex for most people. Like we literally haven't found the edges of the universe. And I always go back to this. I'm like, what do we really know? <laughs> and that's so that's exciting to me and that might be hard for some people a lot of people need the divinity a lot of people need to know I need to know this I need to know that do you really because once you plant your flag in something and say this is the only way you literally exclude everything beyond that and to me that's sad to me that's that's like demoralizing I'm in a constant place of thirst and so with my clients, with what I talk about, with what I teach with Lions Not Sheep, it's like ask more questions, man. Read all the books. Sure. Watch all of the podcasts. Listen to what everybody is talking about. Take it in. Does it work with you? Does it not work with you? Does it make you bigger, better, faster, stronger? Great. Does it bring you closer to God? Great. You'll know. You'll know. But so long as you don't ask any questions, so long as you're not absorbing and, and bringing things in, you know, uh, uh, James Allen wrote the very best book ever written. Very best book ever written, As a Man Thinketh. Yep. If I was stranded on an island, I'd love to say that it was my book that I would, I would take with me. <laughs> I would take As a Man Thinketh. It's the most powerful book, in my opinion, that's ever been written. And he talks about in As a Man Thinketh that your mind is a garden. Mm -hmm. And so long as you're putting seeds in there, it's going to keep growing. And I want to have an infinite amount of fruit trees. I want an infinite amount of fruit growing and, and, and producing in my brain. But if you put nothing in your brain, it will grow noxious weeds. Something will grow. And, and so he talks about in that book, just be constantly pruning that garden of the mind and putting things in there. And they will grow. They will take root and they will grow. And then this will grow and you'll go over this way. And then that will grow and you'll go over this way. And you will constantly be feasting on knowledge and ideas and experience and excitement. So you just validate <clears throat> what psychologists remind us about is if, if any of you who are in the sounds of our voices have have a hard time living in the present most likely it's because your present sucks and so you want to change time zones and live in the past you know the uncle rico i remember when i threw that 40-yard pass in high school yeah. or you live in the future which is way bad someday when i'm when i finally do this then i'll be happy when i finally accomplish this then i'll be happy and you're reminding us to live in the moment to be present right now what else exists? Exactly. Nothing. Right now. Now, now this is something that I, get, I dive into and is very, very, very important. If people are struggling with depression, it's 100% guarantee that you're focusing on something from yesterday. Hmm. If, you're if you're depressed, if you're, if you're struggling with depression, you're focused on yesterday. You're focused on something from the past, something that's hurt your heart, something that's demoralizing, something that you literally have no control over. If on the flip side of that, if you're struggling with anxiety, if you're constantly in this anxious state, this anxiety state, you're focusing on the future. Absolutely. You're focusing on something that you have no control over. Now people say, well, Sean, it's my life. Like, what, are you, what am I supposed to do? Am I not supposed to dream? Am I not supposed you, you are. But the reality is, like, I had a woman at, at one of my uh, Lions Not Sheep experiences that was just in tears, and she was sitting on the front row. And I stopped and I asked her, I said, what are you emotional about? What are you, what are you sad about? And she said, uh, I don't know my purpose. I said, okay, well... What do you think your purpose is? And this has been my quest. Since I went through my divorce and my midlife crisis when I wanted to end my life at 31 years old, this has been my quest because it's a multi-billion dollar industry. There are literally infinite amounts of books that have been written, podcasts that have been talked about, about what is your purpose? How do I find my purpose? And what's really fascinating is we have a culture 
where we literally are so sad that we drug ourselves to not feel sad. We have so much anxiety that we drug ourselves to not have anxiety. We literally take pharmaceuticals so that we don't feel anything from yesterday or tomorrow. And I just, I, I asked this lady, I said, what do you think your purpose is? She's like, well, I don't know if it's to be a mom. And she's just hysterical in tears, like truly struggling with what the hell is my purpose? And I said, you know, how far down this rabbit hole do you want to go? And we took it, this entire group of people in a direction that truly changed my life and changed theirs in a, in a radical way. And I, I, I just, I posed the question. I said, what if your purpose is not to be a mom? What if your purpose is not to be the wife? We have this idea, like we had, we're constantly struggling with what our purpose is. And she looked at me in the eyes and she said, well, what's your purpose? And I chuckled because I, I finally figured my purpose through thousands of hours of exploration and many, many, many tears and, and a lot of strife and a lot of turmoil. My purpose is to live in a singular moment and then another singular moment and then another singular moment because when I find the most peace, I'm present, I'm here, I'm right now. Tomorrow doesn't exist. The conversations that I'm maybe going to have over dinner, they're not happening yet. And I literally could put all of the money in the world on this desk right now and say change yesterday and you can't. Absolutely. It's physically impossible for you to change yesterday. So what's the true purpose? I believe, my, my, my belief in God, my belief in, in my being here on this planet is to truly live in a singular moment. You know, we live in moments where we watch sunsets, but we're trying to put it on the on the, on the gram. We're we're worried about tomorrow's brunch, uh, you know, uh, reservation while we're trying to watch this sunset, or we're playing with the children while we're trying to close deals at work and all of these other things. And we've never actually found a way to be present. Absolutely. And yet, the most peace that any human being has ever found didn't happen tomorrow, and it didn't happen yesterday. It's in a singular moment. So, what would it look like if our purpose—me, you, the millions of people listening to this, the billions of people across the world? is to literally eliminate every single thing besides this singular moment. What if that's the quest of man? What if that's the quest of the mind, is to become so powerful that the only thing that exists is a singular moment? So you bring to mind the quote, <clears throat> today you've never been this old before, and today you'll never be this young again. <clears throat> so right now matters, and every right now matters. Right. So you remind me of a story, man has a dream, Genie appears to him and says, you lived a noble life, we'll grant you one wish. And the man thinks for a moment, he says, I wish that peace and happiness and prosperity fill the whole earth. The genie smiles and he says, that's a noble wish, sir, but we don't deal in fruits here, we only deal in seeds. <laughs> You're planting the seeds or the Johnny Apple seed. Today matters. So continuous education, what we just learned, ladies and gentlemen, is, is echoing the famous words of Dr. Jim Rohn. Formal education will make you a living. Self-education will make you a fortune. So when you're answering the question about continuous education, you just went on for a few minutes to basically say the world is your library. 100%. Your life is. Your experience is. And to, and to enter every day like a child with, with childlike curiosity and wonderment. Yeah. So that brings us to deeper spirituality, the third phase. Yeah. Albert Einstein says, I am not an atheist. I approach life in the mindset of a child who walks into a library and immediately acknowledges someone must have written all of these books. Mm -hmm. I love that quote. Oh, yeah. So 
Um, one of the things that really intrigues me, my friend, and I'm not putting words in your mouth, but putting Clark 6 into interpretation into the words of your writing, what you teach the world to remind us about is that religion is for those who are afraid to go to hell. Spirituality is for those of us who have already been there. Yeah. Let's talk about, let's, let's bring the trifecta to, to, to fruition right now. Yeah. Physical fitness, not physical. Physical fitness, you address that. Continuous education. It's your responsibility to learn right now in every right now. And your, your purpose in life, may I amend what you said, brother, because I'm such a fan, that is to live in each singular moment. But for some reason, it's in the service before self mindset that it's not just about you in that singular moment. It's when you're true to you and you're authentically standing in your personal truth, you know for experience that that's how you that's how you preach that's how yeah. you teach that's how you help that's how you serve that's how you become the hands of jesus sure. so talk to us about that and tie the three together as we move on well i mean first things first he talked about the self um we have demonized the word selfishness you hear the word selfish and you naturally think negative you naturally think something that's not good you naturally think I need to stay away from that. Selfishness is bad. We've been programmed since we were children. Selfishness is bad. It's bad. It's bad. And I beg to differ. In fact, I am like vehemently the exact opposite belief system. And I and I know this because I did both. I lived 30-something years of my life as giving, 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 putting everyone before me, putting everything before me, my employees, my family, my children, my wife. So much so that it ran me to a place where I wanted to end my life. I did not know who Sean Whalen was. I had never invested in Sean Whalen. I invested in everyone else. I put everyone else before self. And I found myself in the most depressed state that I'd ever been in. Now, when you talk about selfishness, it's, it's got this negative connotation. But the truth of the matter is, like, I am the father that I am today because I put myself first. I am the husband that I am today because I put myself first. I invest in me more than anything or anyone else. I put me above anything or anyone else. And that's a hard statement for people to hear because most of us, me included, were raised the exact opposite. We were raised the exact opposite. We were programmed. We have this belief system and there's many people that will open up the good book and say, well, the Bible says and the Bible says and the Bible says and the Bible says. I, I'm fine with that. You can read all the damn books that you want. But the truth of the matter is, is that you can't pour from an empty cup. And we have a culture and a society of empty cups. We have a lot of people that have poured every single thing that they can out and they don't know how to fill their own cup. We have men that are working 20 hour days saying, I'm doing this for my family. So what you're saying is that you're never home with your kids, you're never coaching their teams, you're never doing anything. You're, you're showing your sons and your daughters that you're letting life kick the all living hell out of you and somehow that's supposed to be noble. Somehow, because you're sacrificing your own physical health, your own mental health, that that's nobility. And I completely disagree, and I do disagree vehemently because I was that guy. I did that. I was that man for many, many, many years, and I ran myself ragged to the point that I did not want to live anymore. And so my thought process became, well, if that's what this ended up giving me, what would it look like if I put myself first? What would it look like if I invested in me more than anything else? What would it look like if I had cared more about my mind, my heart, my soul, my body than anything else? And that's what's allowed me to be the leader, be the man 
be the entrepreneur, be the father that I am. And that's a really, 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 we could go down the rabbit hole for hours on this conversation, but that has come because I have truly put myself at deity's feet. And I truly believe that, you know, when you look at the, the, you know, the talents, go back to the story of the talents, we talk about wealth. I share my success on social media. I share my businesses and people demonize that. You don't talk about money. You don't talk about millions of dollars. You don't talk about any of these things. Yet if you go right back to the Bible, there were a couple guys who were given some talents and one of them put it in the ground and the other one really didn't do jack all with it. And then the one dude went out and double, triple, quadrupled it. And who was the faithful servant? Who was the one who was poured into, who was given more? The man who multiplied, who multiplied the talents, the physical talents, the actual tangible money. And so my relationship with, with God is very, very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't prove it. I was born and raised Catholic. I was Catholic for 17 years. I was an altar boy. I grew up that way. Mom was Mormon. My, when my you know, dad was Catholic, mom was Mormon. When my parents split up when I was a young kid, um, we went with mom and I joined the Mormon church and served a Mormon mission, got married in the Mormon temple and did all that. And after my, after my divorce, I went on a journey. And I wanted to get to know God. I wanted to get to know my relationship and my connection to him. And I'm far more spiritual than I've ever been in my entire life right now. Uh, but religion just doesn't fit in that equation for me right now. I don't demonize it in any way. I think religion is phenomenal for the people that need it. But I truly believe that, that God wants us to thrive. I believe that with every fiber in my soul. Is that God did not put you here on this rock that's flying through the cosmos to suffer. He did not put you here to, quote, endure to the end. <laughs> Bullshit. You're going to have to beat that out. <clears throat> no, you're not. Bullcrap. Whatever you got to do. I, I don't want to screw up your show. That is absolute garbage. God put you here to thrive. He put you here to thrive. He put you here to taste everything, see everything, touch everything, experience everything there is to experience. And yet we are so scared to take that journey of selfishness, to put ourselves first. And in my personal opinion, that is what is fundamentally a cancer in our culture and our society, is that we would rather invite people to be beaten down and trodden down with all of us and live in this low level versus raise the vibration and say, I want to experience it all. I want to touch it all. I want to see it all. I want to show my kids. Something that I I, I talk frequently about with Lions Not Sheep as a father. I don't want to tell my kids how to live a life. I want to show them. I don't want to tell my children how to live dreams. I want them to see their father living his dreams. I don't want to tell my kids to go out and build big business and live their life and to become entrepreneurial and, and fill it, you know, give to charity and all things. I want them to watch me doing it. And so that means I have to do it. I must step up. I must create the life that I want. Live my dreams so that my children can do it. This isn't airy, fairy, hocus pocus. I mean, I grew up in a single parent home. There's no silver spoon around my mouth. I built this. I went down, like you said, into hell to figure out what the light looked like. I had to spend time in that darkness to truly appreciate the light. I had to lie most of my life to understand just how freaking powerful the truth and liberating and and freeing the truth really is. Jordan Peterson talks about this frequently. He says that the greatest remedy for every ailment on earth is truth. The single greatest remedy for every ailment that you have, personally, emotionally, physically, psychologically, is truth. And so I have found that what brought me closer to, to, to deity, what brought me closer to connection with God, connection with the universe, connection with more, this hunger, this thirst for, you know, true life is truth. I love it. 
So, because I'm the quote guy, you reminded me, <clears throat> what you just taught me, I think, is that if you spend your whole day, whole day wondering whether or not your glass is half empty or half full, you've missed the point, it's refillable. Mm -hmm. I just drank it. Who cares if it's half empty or half full? Just drink it and, and think, fill it back up. Well, thinking positively or negatively doesn't fill up the glass the pouring does. It's easier to act your way into positive thinking than it is to think your way into positive action. Yep. And so, for those of you who are devout religionists and uh, subscribe to a religious tradition, may I just remind you of what, what I heard Sean Whalen teach us that truth is truth wherever it's found on Christian, Jewish, Islam, or heathen ground. Right. And so if we can just be disciples of truth, you'll find truth in every religious tradition, at least a little bit. 100%. You'll find truth in every philosopher. You'll find truth in every part of our life if you're seeking truth and not worrying about what it's labeled. Is that, is that what you just taught me? I heard a quote. Um, years ago that it took me hearing it a handful of times before I truly understood it, before I truly realized the power of it. And the quote is, live your life so that those that know you but don't know Christ want to know Christ because they know you. I love it. And that changed me because I didn't understand it. I was a Mormon missionary. I understand going out, preaching, teaching, this is what we believe, this is what will get you to heaven. I understood all that. I, I, I participated in that reality. But I found specifically over the last couple of years that when I sit with a human being, when we're sitting, whether we're talking over a desk on a podcast or whether I'm standing in front of 5,000 people, like I want to radiate what I am. And I can't make that up. You can't fake that funk. Yep. And if you're not a good person, you can speak all of the preachy words and all of the good things, but that just doesn't resonate. So I've chosen to live my life completely open. This is a scary thing for a lot of people. And truthfully, this was scary for me and one of the reasons that I went this route in exposing my testimony and talking about the things that we don't typically talk about, sex, money, politics, religion, divorce, depression, suicide, all of these taboo topics that no one wants to address or talk about because it's not socially acceptable. I found that I found, I found the most freedom. I found the most inspiration in talking about these things because this is what my life is. This is what I'm experiencing every single day. So why would I talk about anything else? And I found that as, as I went down that path and, and truly opened up, you know, I, I started having a deeper conversation about God. I started talking a deeper conversation about faith. I, I found more comfort in telling people I don't know because I truly didn't know than trying to just flex the quote alpha and pretend that I knew everything. Absolutely. I started showing up to conversations saying, I have no damn clue what we're talking about here, but this is fascinating to me. Let's exactly. keep going, right? Yeah. And that's power to me. And so I... I you asked the question at the very beginning when somebody comes up and, and they meet me like I, I hope people I, I try not to use the word hope I pray that when people meet me they, they, they have something inside of them go what the hell was that uh, what was that I don't know what it was maybe it pisses me off a little bit maybe it excites me a little bit maybe it, it, it causes me to question a little bit I'm not really sure but I like it I want more of it because I truly believe that there's that spark inside of us. Like we want more. Everyone wants more. We want deeper. We want deeper love. We, everyone wants more money. Everybody wants more freedom. If you say you don't, you're lying. You're just flat out lying. So I want my life, literally as I live it, to just be so radically open that I can talk about Jesus. I can talk about my, 
my belief in Christ. I can talk about my connection to divinity. I can talk about the miracles that I've seen and, and the things that are constantly happening in my life to where this is my reality. This is my truth. And you give other you give us permission to ask the same questions and be as vulnerable. So when you made a comment, when you made a comment, uh, one of your counterparts uh, seems to validate that there's not, no one more self-righteous than the newly converted. We won't talk about names. <laughs> but in that same week, when you came out from under the, from behind the curtain as the true Wizard of Oz, you, you quantified the solution, and that is you spent two years telling people to ask God themselves, don't believe you, but to go and ask God if yeah. there's a God. Yeah. And that deeply moved me, bro. You Thank had you. the answer to help people find God, define their relationship with him and to live in their truth. So thank you for that. You touched millions of lives and I want you to know that. Well, it's, it's something that I found on my mission. Um, you know, James 1.5, one of my favorite scriptures says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God mm -hmm. that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Yep. And so here I was as a Mormon missionary going, you know, door to door to door and, and preaching this word and sharing my testimony. And here I am at 43 years old doing the same thing with, you know, Exactly. A couple of years ago, they were writing with feathers and scrolls, and now yeah. I just type words on a computer screen. But the reality is, like, if you want to know about a Porsche, you don't go ask a Ferrari guy. If you want to know about a Ford, you don't go talk to a GMC guy. Yep. If you want to know about God, you can ask me or ask you or ask your bishop or ask your, 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 your ecclesiastical leaders or your ministers or your preachers, but why wouldn't you go ask God? Exactly. And the reality is, like the Scripture says, ask and shall be, you know, knock... Knocking it shall be open to you. It's like it's it's so it. simple yet we've created so much dogma around it. You got it. And that's the journey that I'm on now is this conversation, a literal conversation on a daily basis with God. And, and James one and five didn't say if any of you lack information or knowledge, it said if any of you lack wisdom, wisdom. and wisdom is applied knowledge, Sean Wisdom. So I have I have definitive wisdom. Excellent. If I touch that stove, it will burn my yeah. hand. And that's the beauty of life, man. You it's got so it. rad. You're checking, you're checking your watch. We're just getting started. No, I know, baby. We're just so getting funny. started. Awesome. So, as I said, there's nine aspects. We're through four, right? No, we're through three. Three. Let's keep going. But you, the cool thing about this, ladies and gentlemen, is that you tie and link each one to the next. So they're not mutually exclusive. They're simultaneous events in balancing in our lives and becoming the very best version of ourselves. Yes. So to use my... My coin phrase, so everyone who leaves you, when they meet you and then leave you, they say, I like me best when I'm with you. I want to see you again. I got to go ponder this. I got to figure out if he pissed me off or if he enlightened me to ask better questions. But whatever happened just then, I'm glad I met Sean Whalen. I'm glad I follow Sean Whalen. I'm glad I read Sean Whalen. And again, what an honor to, to participate. So in the nine aspects, Emotional is the number four, but we don't need to talk about that because you keep inculcating that in every discussion. The fifth one is financial. Mm. So talk to us about your financial gains in your core four. When someone comes in, actually define the core four right now, just, just by title, by category, yeah, and then let's get into the financial. Yeah, core four I learned from uh, one of my original coaches. And it's power, passion, purpose, and production are the four pillars. And basically every single thing happening in life falls into one of those four categories. But every single investment that I'm making falls into one of those four categories. So power is the body, 
passion relationships, not just intimate, but every relationship, interaction with human beings. Uh, purpose is the mindset and the spirituality, and then production is, is the money. Literally everything happening in my life, 24-7, 365, falls into one of those four categories. So if they sign up for the Lions Den for coaching, um, and you have group coaching calls, you have the Zoom, but you also have a live event that so far you've held in Utah, and perhaps you'll take it other parts in the world. Yeah. <clears throat> but in that experience, you cover the four, the four Ps, the core four. That's literally we, we right before we came here to do the podcast. I was on my coaching call. We've got twenty two hundred members around the world. And today's call was on purpose. So the first Wednesday of the month, power. Second Wednesday of the month, passion. Third Wednesday of the month, purpose. Fourth, production. And, I, and we're coaching, we're teaching each of these principles. You know, today I, I, I shared a meditation that was really powerful for me. It's this meditation that I've been doing for a handful of years that's truly helped me change my life. I have severe ADHD, severe ADHD. I'm chasing squirrels 24-7, 365. And so the mindset, the control of the mind is a, is a major, major, major thing that I'm constantly investing in and looking at my own mind and so I found this meditation and I literally helped guide the group through this meditation today and we were on the call and did this meditation and got back on the call and it was one of those experiences where I just I, you know I've, we've got people in there that are making $40,000 a year we've got people that are making $100 million a year we have school teachers we have entrepreneurs we have lawyers we have doctors we have gardeners we have auto mechanics inside of this group and, and so my entire philosophy is, is around whether you're an auto mechanic or you're a lawyer, your mind is still the same. We're still after the same basic needs. We still want control of it. We still want to be able to, when we're angry, not be angry. When we're sad, not be sad. We still have the, the same basic needs, whether you're rich or you're poor. And so my, my whole philosophy around teaching, you know, uh, core four, power, passion, purpose, and production is investing in every single one of those areas every single day. You want a great relationship. It's not throwing a Hail Mary every 10 years and taking a trip to Costa Rica. It's small little investments with your lover every single day. Notes on the mirror, sending text messages, kind words, snuggling, hugging. These are the small daily investments. You want to build big business and make a ton of money? It's not going to happen by trying to exit one company one time, but it's getting small singles every single day, building every single day, investing every single day. So that's, that's you know, to, in a nutshell, what core four is, but the financial is, is without question a very big part of it. Okay, so to tie that into living in every singular moment <clears throat> with the spiritual connotations when we went there, what you reminded us is that faith without works is not faith at all, and hope. I loved how you changed hope to pray because French philosopher Pascal he says, too many are living their lives hoping to be happy, but because they only hope. They never really are. Right. They're waiting for somebody to ask them to the senior prom, and they've never even taken the time to learn how to dance. We hope. We hope we'll become wealthy. We hope we'll be, you know, live in abundance. We hope one day that you know we'll win the lottery. And and all the while, those small little nuggets that you could be picking up and learning to make yourself more valuable to truly increase. Again, I I go back to the talents. It's it's biblical, right? We can fight it and say money is this and money is that, but it is absolutely biblical. And and in my book. Um, a lot of people got offended by it because they just I flat out said there's no nobility in being poor there's no nobility in being broke and truly like I believe everybody no matter who you are where you are black white red green gay straight we all want to help people we all want to we all want to be someone that can brighten somebody else's day lift them up and at the end of the day you know if you're poor you can't help the poor if you're broke you, you, you know you can't help the broke if you're needy you can't help the needy. 
And so one of the, the, the pillars of mine, which I know is yours as well, is the financial abundance. And mm -hmm. every single day I am building value and building businesses that truly allow me to live an incredible lifestyle, but also allows me to change the world around me. It allows me to change human beings' lives. It allows me to do things that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do and experience things with other people. It allows me to show my children and other people's children what's possible. And every single day I'm investing not only my time and my energy, but my money into the same way the talents is, is multiplying them and increasing them. And that's something I'm incredibly passionate about. It's a, it's a difficult conversation for a lot of people, but it's very, very, very needed. So the nine categories are physical fitness, continuous education, deeper spirituality, emotional stability, financial literacy, uh, social networking, family togetherness, fun and recreation, and charitable giving. Mm -hmm. So instead of us belaboring the rest of the nine, I want to put you on the hot seat and ask for your nugget of wisdom. Be the counselor now. Put the coaching hat on. And let me just ask you for your very best wisdom. Um, let's go to fun and recreation. So you personally sponsor and are the driver of a Baja team. And I raced motocross for three and a half years. I was Intermountain Champion. And racing in the desert scared the complete shimoli out of me because I knew where I was going on a track. I knew when I could get air. I knew when I was going to go. But when you're in the unknown, and as your last post showed, in a hole. Didn't work out so good. <laughs> the greatest all-time Sean Whalen post was the picture <laughs> Of your of your of your race car demolished. Demo no, that's not the word, man. Your tires <laughs> were going in nine directions. Yeah. I'm like, what yeah. did you hit? You tumbled, and then you're standing there with your video camera on. Your hair's all messed up, and you're basically like, yeah, no big deal, man. We're just gonna fix this, and I'm gonna race tomorrow. <laughs> so most people would say, wow, but we both know as professional speakers that if people leave the audience impressed with us we blew it but if they leave impressed with themselves we know we did the job we've answered can I do it too with my weaknesses my limitations my past and my strengths one bit of nugget wisdom what was your mindset what allowed you to climb out of that tumbled completely destroyed more than a dune buggy race car dirt race car and basically click on like, no big deal, man. Just get back up and go again. I was in the middle of the desert with one of my closest friends doing 65 miles an hour in god-awful terrain in the freest, most beautiful country on the planet with my friends and family close by. What, what, what could I not be grateful for? What would I not be grateful for? I'm literally living my dream. I'm driving a, a, a heavily modified Polaris Razor through the desert at extreme speeds with my friend right next to me. We're having the grandest of times. What is there to be upset about? Now, years ago, that would have sent me off my rocker because I would have talked about the money and looked at the things and would have been mad. And of course, I was frustrated that I crashed, but I instantly, instantly realized that the mistake that I made, what I did wrong, and it was one of those things where like, I now have the lesson, but I got out of that. And I literally looked at my buddy and I was like, that was one hell of a ride, man. <laughs> now, this guy's a Navy SEAL, okay? My buddy yeah. was with me in the, in the car at the time as a Navy SEAL. And I'm like, you've probably had 
experiences like this where you've rolled stuff over it, but you're getting shot at and there's bombs going off and people are trying to kill you. And he's like, yeah, I have. <laughs> and I was like, so this probably wasn't that bad. But I mean, you, you think about it for a second, man. Like we have the ability, we, we the people, you, me, every human being listening to this, you woke up today, you won the lottery. I don't care where you are financially. I don't care what kind of pain you're living in. I don't care what type of remorse you have in your heart and your soul, how heavy it is. You woke up. You woke up. And at the end of the day, there was some, some guy who went to bed last night who had plans for today. He had plans to go see his daughter at school or take his, guy, his, his sons out on guy's night. And he didn't wake up. He didn't kill himself. He didn't know D. He just didn't wake up. It was his time to go. And he had plans for today. And this is what I repeat to myself every single day. This is what I think about every single day. If this was my last conversation, if this was my last conversation with you, what would it be? Would I leave here going, man, damn, I wish I'd have told him this or I wish I'd have said that? No. If this was the last time with my lover, if this was the last kiss, if this was the last hug, if this was the last race, if this was the last time with my son or my daughter or my wife or on stage, what would I say? What would I do? Because the truth is tomorrow doesn't exist. There are no more races. I have a schedule of races. I have a schedule of things that I'm anticipating doing in the future. But if this was the only race, what would I do? And I live my life that way. I send it. I was driving as hard and as fast as I could and it bit me. And at the end of the day, like what bit me? I wrecked my car. Okay, cool. Fix it. Race again. My entire philosophy around life is understanding that that what seems to be so monumentally painful, so big, so hard, so expensive, is a blip in the grand scheme of things. All of the pain that any person listening to this has ever experienced, guess what, it didn't kill you. Guess what, you're here. All of the things that you thought would bury you, the amount of depth and the pain and the debt and everything, you're still here. It didn't kill you. That wreck, it didn't kill me. I, I don't pray that one does, but I am gonna drive that damn car as fast as I humanly can and have more freaking fun than I know what to do with every day of my life. So long as God gives me a day, I'm gonna do it. So long as he gives me breath, I'm gonna speak it. So long as I've got eyeballs, I wanna see it all. And that entire reality just, I got out of the car, I looked at it and I was like, we're not gonna go anywhere on this thing. And I laughed, I literally laughed. And I was like, I literally looked at my buddy and I was like, that was one hell of a ride. And we're both two grown men. 44 and 43 years old, big, you know, big dudes and this squeezed together in this little razor laughing hysterically because we're like, that was so damn fun. And so my, my encouragement for people is, is to understand, like, you might not have tomorrow. If you didn't have tomorrow, what would you do today? I was in Baja not too long ago racing with my son. And that's how I got into off-road racing is one of my extremely wealthy friends said, hey, you should come down to Mexico with me and teach me social media, and I'll fly you down there and come hang out. And we flew down on his $40 million private jet. I had no experience off-road racing. I'd never raced off-road. I didn't grow up around dirt bikes or go up in the city. And I watched him cross the finish line in his trophy truck and then go back out onto the race course and get into a razor and finish the Baja 1000 with his son, who was 15 at the time. And I watched him at the, at the, at the finish line, and I got super emotional. I was like, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. This is life. This is, this is the game. And I FaceTimed my son, who was 10 at the time. And I said, Will, do you want to do this? And he said to me, quote, unquote, hell yeah, dad, at 10 years old. I swear to God, hell yeah, dad. And I came home, and I knew nothing about it. And I called a couple of friends, and they said, I don't know what I'm doing. And they pointed me in the right direction. I bought a race truck. 
And I gave my son my word. I said, you will be my co-driver in every single race that we have. And naturally, my friend was in the car because this is a 12-hour race and my son can't hang the entire time. So he gets in and we have other people get in and stuff like that. But my son, who's, who's 15 now, has raced the Baja 500. He's raced the Baja 1000 multiple times. But there was a man who came up to me at the last time we raced. My son was in the truck and we were driving through the contingency thing and they do the interviews. And he looked at me and he said, man, I, I introduced himself. He said, we've been following you on social media a long time. He said, you must be Will. Look at my son and shook his hand. And he looked at me and he's like, this is the dream. Like, he's like, I've wanted to do this. This has been on my bucket list for 20 years. And I looked at him and I said, well, why don't you race it? He's like, well, you know, I've got kids in college and I have these things and I have those things and all the same things that everybody would say. All the responsibility. i got bills to pay. Well, newsflash, i got bills to pay. Well, I have kids. I've got five of them now. I've got two stepkids and three biological kids. I've got dogs. I have bills. I have companies. I have employees. And I looked at him and I said, I can introduce you to a company here that's in Mexico, that's in Ensenada. They will set you up with the helmet and the race suit and the buggy and the support and the gas and the team and the entire thing. It cost you 15 grand to race the Baja 1000. And I just flat out looked at this man who I just met two minutes earlier. I said, would you even notice if you had $15,000 less in your retirement account, your 401k, your IRA or anything like that? And he just flat out looked at me. He said, no. I said, that's the difference between me and you, friend, is that I'm not guaranteed another Baja 1000, which is why I'm down here with my son. I'm not guaranteed another race, which is why I'm racing. I don't know if I have tomorrow, which is why I'm going to live the hell out of today. So I was going to keep asking you questions. There's not a better way to conclude. You know, I had a buddy like you in college who drank so much. If we, when he dies, if we cremate his body, we'll never get the, the flame to go out. <laughs> And then we, we both know people who, who read drinking's bad for you, so they stop reading. And you're the one that basically pulls our blinders off and says, no, 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 read, study, don't believe everything that you think. Change your paradigm, change your, change your life. We don't see things as they are, we see things as we are. If you and I are in this podcast studio looking out a window at the same brutal snowstorm that we experienced last night, and someone says, what a horrible day. And you say, what a wonderful day. The weather did not change. So ladies and gentlemen, it's Sean Whalen. And we could go on and on and on. I'll have him back again, obviously, by popular demand. But I can't think of a better way to conclude our conversation than by you bringing it down to that level about today matters. And um, I'll give you the final say and teach us how we can get a hold of you, how we can join the lion's den how we can access your amazing um, wear, your, your, your gear, your lifestyle. Uh, we win by association. Whoever wins the Super Bowl this year, um, that particular team's uh, gear, hats and shirts, they go up over 70% in retail sales just because we think we win through association. I am a Dallas Cowboy fan and you've never watched them once in your life except now they're the Super Bowl <laughs> champions. So lion's not sheep, it's, it's a brand, it's an identification, it's this is who I am, ladies and gentlemen, unafraid to live and uh, unafraid to ask questions. What's your closing comment to our, to our, to our people? Remember that the, 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 the theme of this, of this podcast is power players on purpose. And you've epitomized every part of what it takes to unleash your own personal power. And I thank you for that. What's your closing comment? Uh, boy, that's a, first of all, thank you for 
having me. I appreciate it. I always love chatting with you, man. I really do. Um, I was Can you asked, suck up a little more? Maybe I could like, you know, repurpose it on my social media. Come me. on, you know, man. I, uh, I was asked a question years ago that was at the forefront and beginning of this journey that I've been on. And uh, I've asked millionaires this question. I've asked billionaires this question. I've asked thousands and thousands and thousands of people. I've asked people one-on-one. -on -one. I've asked people from stage in front of thousands of people. And it's one of the most difficult questions for a human being to answer. And the question is this, what do you want? I was asked that question and naturally I just popped off the ego. I want to be happy. I want, you know, abundance for my family. I want to have more time. I want to have all of these rudimentary answers. And I'll never forget that because I, I realized that I was completely full of crap. And I realized that as a quote-unquote alpha, as a business owner, as a leader, as a self-made multimillionaire, I was supposed to have these answers. I was supposed to know. And, I, and for the last eight years since I was asked that question, I've been on this quest. And I ask myself that question a hundred times a day. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And I pose that question simply because it changed my life. Because I spent most of my life answering that question with other people's answers. I spent most of my life answering that question with what I was told is normal. I spent most of my life answering that question with what was politically correct or socially correct or morally correct. And when I was asked that question, I know without without any reservation that God was behind asking me that question. And it took me almost two years to answer that question truthfully. And I have been on a ruthless journey for the years since to continue to dive deeper and deeper and deeper into that question. And, and I pose that question not only to you, but to everybody listening is what do you want? Like, what do you truly want? Like what burns inside of you? Not mom, not dad not my friends, not my peer group, not my work, not my church, but what do you want? Because as a student of history, I love reading and I love seeing what men did before me. And I've read the Carnegies and the Rockefellers and the Steve Jobs and the moguls of the world, Steve Cubbies. I've read all of their works. I've read all of their biographies and all of them say the same thing at the end of their book. They talk for chapter and chapter and chapter about building these empires and changing the world and coaching heads of state and these different things. Every one of these people say the same thing at the end of the book. If I could go back and do it all over again, I would have spent more time doing the things I wanted to do and I would have spent more time with my family without fail. Steve Jobs on his deathbed has said, I'm worth $7 billion and I can't buy back yesterday. I'm worth $7 billion and I can't buy my health. And so my entire life revolves around answering that question, what do you want? And becoming so brutally honest and so raw with the truth and not attaching any relevancy to anyone else. This is what I want. I'm living Sean Whalen's life. I'm here for me. God didn't put me here for you, for anybody else. God put me here for me to live my life. And so my entire quest is answering that question time and time and time again every single day radically truthfully, radically honestly. If that offends you, so be it. If it means you don't want to be around me, so be it. If it means I lose people, lose money, lose jobs, lose whatever, so be it. But it's what the hell I want. And so I, I challenge everyone listening to this to, to write that on their bathroom mirror, put an alarm on your phone, have it alert you every single day, put a repeat on it. 
every single day with that simple question, what do you want? And it might take you a while to answer that question. You might find yourself saying, I don't know. And one of the most powerful statements that, that powerful experiences that I've had in business over the last couple of years was sitting knee to knee with a billionaire, asking him that question and him saying, I don't know. I don't know because that's honesty, that's truth. But the beauty of that is now you get to go on a journey. Now you get to explore. Now you get to ask questions. Now you get to try things out. So my, my final statement, my final thought would be to answer that question and to ask yourself that question as many times as humanly possible. What do you want? And in that process, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, you will become a lion, not a sheep. So my guest has been Sean Whalen. I challenge you to follow him, to subscribe to everything he's about, to buy his gear, his <laughs> his lifestyle, um, clothing line, and uh, to join his Lion's Den coaching program. And it's been an honor to have you on the program, good brother. Thank you, my friend. We connected so many different levels, and um, I think this will clearly be one of the very best podcasts I've ever had. Be the best one that you and I have ever done. <laughs> Until again, we sign off. Lions, not sheep. Sean Whalen, love you, brother. God bless you. Cheers. The views and opinions expressed on the Power Players podcast do not necessarily reflect those of KUTV or Sinclair Broadcast Group.